Matt Bergman, and you are listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians Podcast, episode 284. I'm here tonight with Jared Schneiderman. What's up, everybody? Philip Dassing. Going on. Alexis Schlegel. Don't obstruct on me. And special guest, <laughs> Secretary of the National Libertarian Party, Karen Ann Harlos. And yes, and Wayne, please shut that door. Right. <laughs> Glad you said it. So wait, who who is Wayne? My husband. Okay, figure this much. That was when pretty. When did that fun. happen? It was it was the most inopportune time. What, what was going on at that at that moment? I forget. Oh, who knows? Oh. oh. <laughs> That was, that was so fun. long. I, <laughs> I know. Man. So, the, the convention that was that was pretty crazy. That was pretty crazy. It was but, intense. It was something. <laughs> it yeah. definitely was something. <laughs> I know. There were many times, like you know, I felt sorry for you because it, it just seemed like you had like so much work to do. You know, it was. It, 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 was, it was a lot. Yeah. I, I like being really busy though. So, like, I do best under those types of circumstances. It's actually more work now because I have to do all the post-convention audits, and those just aren't quite as exciting. Oh, yikes. Man, I guess that's the stuff that... Uh, the minutes and the about. audits, yeah, those are not nearly as exciting. Wow. No, so I did, uh, I signed the candidate certification for Delaware today because that's the first state deadline to come up that we have to get them certified for the ballot. Awesome. Like, uh, how, how do you feel about, like, uh, you know, our presidential candidate and our VP? For once, well, I'm not going to say for once because I haven't been in the party that long, but as compared to last time, I'm, like, stoked because last time we wouldn't, <laughs> we were terrible in Colorado, but we wouldn't take any yard signs that had weld on it. We wouldn't take anything <laughs> that had weld on it. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I think everybody here is, is is pretty excited about it. I think we, uh, I think we, as in like the LP. I mean, I think we get, you know, it's it's, I don't know, it's pretty radical that we got a presidential candidate that supports the entire platform, right? Yeah, <laughs> we haven't had that in, in a few turns. Yeah, we, we then, won't have to worry about wayward cake baking. <laughs> you know, banning right. burkas, whatever other harebrained thing might. Yep, and she's she's been around a long time. You know, she ran with Harry Brown, so she ran with the best. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and not to mention uh, the VP, who is an open anarchist. Yeah, no, and and he's awesome. He is absolutely awesome. But apparently, I hear there's some controversy that there's shirtless photos of him somewhere on the internet. Yeah, his it's like his picture. main profile pic. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even notice. It's like, wow. So it's a surprise to people that there's a body under those clothes. I, I, I just assumed right. it was paper. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a lot of controversy. I think that there was a reason article about it and, uh, it's Brian. Doherty. It was a, really? it, it was a reason article. Who wrote it? Uh, Brian Doherty wrote it. This is the one that I'm talking about. And, uh, he said something like, he made it sound like the peop he made it sound like Joe Jorgensen expressed her preference for John Mons and the party went against her and picked. No, she specifically I know, said I was there no her. preference. Yeah. Exactly. She said, I trust whatever you guys are gonna do, I'm gonna vote for John Mons. She produced an argument for pretty much every, yeah. every yeah. candidate. I mean, some of them sounded a little stronger than others, but that doesn't mean 
I want this person, <laughs> you know. Plus, there is no quote unquote giving the candidate what they want. Our yeah. bylaws don't allow for that. That's just a yeah. There was actually someone in our uh, argument. I'm not going to name names, but there was someone in our delegate chat that was bringing that up as an argument that you yeah. know, oh, she prefers Mons, so we should pick Mons, and I, I was just like, that has nothing to do with it, like. Nothing. If, if we wanted to give the candidates exactly who they wanted, we would run a ticket like the old parties do, but we don't. Right. Exactly. And look what happened when last time we gave a candidate what they wanted. We ended up with <laughs> Bill fuck that guy well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, so, so what, did, what were your thoughts on, um, I, I, let's just call it Nick Sarwark's last minute fuckery. <laughs> I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah, well, I I know it was like uh it's funny cuz like a lot of people seem to predict it coming. Oh, um, I didn't. Oh. Yeah, so I've talked to guys from the Mises caucus that uh that claim that, know, that but you want to know something everyone's got hindsight 2020. Show me a post where you said it ahead of time and I'll believe you. I don't, I'll send you. I'll send Phil, you. Phil has oh, yet. Okay. I got was, him. Yeah, I, Phil was talking right. to me. At, all right. Well, because they were telling. I, I didn't predict predict it. Yeah. But. I mean, the caucus I, was telling the delegates to you know make sure you stay around at the end because Nick's gonna try something. And, Phil, uh, well, I expected we Nick to use his influence, and I don't fault him for that. I mean, I that's what conventioneering is. I kind of fault him for that for doing it from the dais. But um, everyone uses their influence the best they can. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not a fan of what he did because don't be mad at me. I, I never do what people think I'm going to do or what's necessarily popular. Um, the reason I'm not a fan is I had, despite disagreements, very public disagreements I've had with Nick over the years, I had the utmost respect for him as a presiding officer. And that was unworthy of him it really was as a presiding officer i think up to that point he was the best chair we ever had and people can take whatever personal you know they don't like him personally they don't like his politics or whatever um he had a natural talent to command a room like no one i've ever seen and no one can take that away from him and i'm very um i am embarrassed that it had his legacy is ending that way i know he doesn't view it that way but your legacy is what other people make it not what you think it is and which aspect specifically just him stepping down him trying to force the convention to you know continue voting or all of the above well first of all he didn't step down before he made his argument he said, I'm going to ask the indulgence of the body. So he was still behind the podium, so it were. And he used that position behind the podium to attack his political opponents. And that's just extraordinarily improper. You don't do that. Right. If you don't, I wouldn't have liked it if he did it even after he passed the gavel, but at least that would have been technically okay. Yeah. There's plenty of things that are technically okay, but still shitty to do. And I don't yeah. mind saying this, getting up, debating, and then immediately calling the question. You're allowed to do that. It's a shitty thing to do, but you're allowed to do it. Um, well, who, who would you say that, that uh, Nick Sarwark was attacking? Who, who were his opponents? I'd have to re-listen again, but um, 
I don't want to go by memory, but I felt it was the people that have been criticizing him, specifically other people on the LNC, such as myself. I definitely saw some personal barbs in there. Well, like, what did you what did you think about the? I'm sure you saw the debate with him and Dave Smith when he said, if Hitler was running as uh, the libertarian uh, candidate, we should still support him. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> You know, <laughs> Bill Weld, that's all I can say. Not that he's Hitler. I'm just saying that. I, mean, I guess I, he's pretty close. I mean. No, 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 no. Well, Bill Weld doesn't believe in the right to bear arms. Neither did Adolf Hitler, right? He, oh, please. No, no. I would never compare anyone to Hitler. Never. Hitler also drank yeah, water. You're, you're right. We're, we're, yeah. we're better than that. He also took showers. Yeah, no, I, but, but what I meant was we've, I can't fault Nick actually for saying that because all of us hoard ourselves out for Bill Weld. I did. So I feel dirty. I, I got to say, like, I, I regret voting for Bob Barr. I would too, if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I regret voting for Bob Barr. And then we're talking about like Adolf Hitler. You, you should vote for Adolf Hitler if he's the party nominee. I mean, that's like. That, I, I think he was being, okay. Nick <laughs> has a sense of humor that he thinks everybody gets sometimes. And sometimes it's so subtle that it, backfires he's done things before that have gotten people really angry and i've recognized that like there was something with the whole arvin thing where he made a tide pod joke and everyone thought he was actually insulting like his critics but actually it was his weird way of saying arvin was being stupid but nobody got it nobody got it i got it and it just backfired um so and we, listen, I've been in a lot of debates in my life. I used to own a theology debate forum, like debate used to be my thing. And, um, which is funny because I hate debating. Um, but what's funny about that is I hate politics too, yet here we are. Um, and I've said some really stupid things in debate before. So somebody could get under your skin and i mean i've goaded people into saying really stupid things before i used to be a very obnoxious debater this one guy I debated he was so uptight so at the end of it i said it must suck to get your ass kicked by a girl and boy did he get pissed off <laughs> so you know i've just and i'm not proud of that it's funny but it, i'm not proud of that that's just like you know I mean, I wouldn't bat an eye at that. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, I can't really compare that to what Nick said. You're not going <laughs> to. Yeah. I, I worked know. myself out for Bill Weld. So I'm not going to. Don't be too hard on yourself. Oh, no. I'll be hard on myself to the day I die for that one. <laughs> yeah. I just, I feel like there's just a lot of steps that he took over the course of the weekend that we saw were coming. And it just kind of bam happened, and it just killed like the last hour and a half of the convention was just for that, you know. I, I it was really 
it was really low, like the way he handed it off to Alex. I'm glad Alex was able to kind of handle. Oh, I that, felt bad I, for Alex. Yeah. Was chilling, boy. Alex was chilling out. Was like, we're almost done. I'm gonna get home, you know. Right. And then all of a sudden, a big <laughs> shit turned, like just boom. And yeah. <laughs> poor Alex. But I've seen him grow before my eyes. Like he. Matured, how do you think he's like, going to? How do you think he's going to handle? Uh, he's supposed to be chairing the. Uh, the we've Orlando, got plans. Right? I, I've we've been got speaking plans. with him. We've got some plans. It's going to be fine. Okay, cool. That's good. I'm not going to so. divulge his plans, but he's he's grown immensely yeah. since that that was thrown up. That that bomb was just exploded in his lap. Yeah. Who's whose computer is that? That's me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thought it was uh, Alex. Again. I should put it on pause because you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy so how would you say overall the weekend went like the compromise everything how do you how do you look back at it you know now some of the dust has settled some i felt member rights were really really trampled but considering the setup it went as well as it could and um everyone up until that last couple hours there i think did very well at doing their best to pull it off. It's not, it's not the method I would have chosen for the bifurcated part. What I had preferred was email ballots, just not having a live meeting because anyone could predict that you were gonna have people waiting in line for 24 hours to speak and then not getting to speak. Um, to me, there should have been debates and then everyone sent about rounds of ballots and it just be done that way with the delegations. And that would have been a lot cleaner, but I think a lot of people, I would have been mad if I were waiting in line for that many hours and didn't get to talk or say. Yeah, I didn't get to talk. I, I, I had my hand raised and then someone put it down and then I raised again, someone put yeah. it down and I put my, my, I put my question in the Q and A and it just disappeared. And I did the last screenshot of the, the last two people, and I was one of the last two people in line. I guess it got added. But yeah, I never had a chance to speak. So I, I don't feel like my, I think I, you know, my rights didn't get violated, but it's just that was really frustrating. Yeah, and there is like, what, like a thousand people in this Zoom meeting? Yeah. And, and what, yeah. what about the one guy who kept like losing his internet connection? And then when he would come back in, he would have to uh, announce to everybody, yeah. I'm back. I'm using the hotspot on my phone <laughs> a dozen times. But there were some people I felt like were getting called on all the time. Like, uh, right. I, I don't know yeah, if I want to yeah, name names, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, Starshile. Maybe you can explain to me what is a point of personal privilege? Okay. I don't really know. <laughs> you know, I'm an R.O.N.R. geek. So now you're singing the song of my people. Um, a point of personal privilege is supposed to be, for instance, if you were in a, a, a live setting, you know, not on Zoom, and the, the air conditioner was too cold, so that happened in 2018, um, and you couldn't deal with it, you would raise a point of personal privilege. It's something that's happening in the meeting area that is keeping you from being able to fully participate. So people's mm -hmm. cell phones going off, people chattering, that sort of thing. That's what that's supposed to be. Are they generally more rare than what we saw? Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> they were abused. Yeah, I figured. Well, yeah, like it was a thousand people, you know, but it seemed like this. Well, there was a lot of issues with like up. internet connections and people not knowing how to use. Right, and and those somebody are, and all that other shit. Well, and those are legitimate points of personal privilege because sure, it's, yeah. it's a condition in the room that's keeping you from participating fully. Right. Um, yeah. And then you know, there's also points of parliamentary inquiry, um, which is different, and some people were using points of privilege for that, and it's not. So, so do you think the online setting just allowed a lot of the abuse to occur that happened? Um, I don't think Zoom is set up very well for it. For instance, a lot mm. of people were getting very angry at the panelists. And I understand if I were on that end, I would have been too. But being on the other end, we didn't have the ability. I don't think people realized we couldn't type into the Q&A box. Hmm. It just wasn't available. We could see it but we couldn't type into it. So the only way we could get read, uh, recognized for interrupting motions was to literally interrupt. So I think the panelists got demonized a bit more than they should. And I think it was incumbent upon the presiding officer, not the panelists, to say, to, to keep a, somewhat of a written list, like note where, in the Q&A box, if they could type, they would have fallen and called upon them in order. Right. That's okay. not up to the panel. So that's up to the presiding officer. Zena, right. did you open the door? Am I going to have to have Wayne close that? <laughs> <laughs> He's not up here. Calling out to Wayne. <laughs> yeah, Wayne, close the door. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> My dog is Zena, if you're wondering. Well, it She's sounds the like worst. there's a what, – what's your dog's name? Zena. She's the warrior beagle. Nice. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like there's a little market opportunity for a conference uh, app that can do Robert's Rules of Order. What? Just phone never rings. <laughs> Let me get rid of that. Sorry. Hey, stop it. Let me just. You're in demand right now. No, this phone is just for emergencies. Nobody has that number. I don't even know what the number is. Or is there something and we just didn't have time to figure it out? Well, I'm sorry? I was just saying, like, it sounds like there's, you know, a market opportunity for someone to create an app that can do an actual conference online with, you know, Robert's Rules. and. Well, there is, and they're more expensive because okay. um, uh, big corporations that have their um, shareholders meetings, they use specific type of conferencing software. Okay. It's um, just not generally known to the average person so yes. th there there is zoom was really a terrible inter interface for what we did in my opinion yeah. it was the best of the solution i mean if you want to really be tortured try adobe connect yikes <laughs> yeah Oof. no bueno now zoom is great for board meetings and stuff like that but not for conventions and we used the Reb conference. That wasn't a conference. You know, conference, we have a bunch of people talking at other people, and it works great for that. But right. we did the best we could, though. I thought I, it went much better than I thought it would. Yeah, I mean, I it, it did take forever, but, like, I don't know. It did kind of feel like at least it wasn't a complete clusterfuck. Like, there was it some really order. did not <laughs> take that long. I have yep. a feeling that some people – um haven't been to a convention before well that is me <laughs> I haven't okay been to a yeah, same here <laughs> yeah, yeah same. Um, all, th all three of us this is our first okay. convention experience that did, so. it did 
if you thought that was long, that wasn't. Um, okay. It was about average for presidential nominating. It was a little bit longer for being online, but the count, the ballots went probably faster in that mm -hmm. Zoom meeting than they do online. I mean, in really? person. So, yeah. and now we're working to speed that up in person. A problem is our bylaws don't allow any kind of electronic voting, so all the ballots have to be paper. So in that person. makes it difficult. Though we think our bylaws would allow Scantrons. So yes, welcome to the 1990s. We might be using <laughs> Scantrons, but it's yeah. better than. They, oh, they still use Scantrons in public schooling. I mean, yeah, not well, surprisingly, we, but. <laughs> yeah. Probably for this Orlando convention, we'll have some Scantrons for the um, LNC elections. Because okay. at large right. takes forever because it's approval voting and everyone and their brother decides they're going to run. Like they were running until they had a few drinks in them at convention. Then all of a sudden, everyone they, we nominate everyone on the floor. How about that? <laughs> that save time, right? Because that's it. Really, there's like sometimes like sixty people nominated. It's insane. Just for chair? No, no, for at large. Oh, for at large. At large. Okay. Yeah. Damn. And how many at large it, spots are there? Three? Is that what? Five. I, how many? Is it five? five. It's okay. four or five. I'm like going by. What, what does the at large position do? It um, is just like a general represent representative. So uh, on the LNC, you have the officers, and then you have the regional representatives who are responsible for certain groupings of states, that they're supposed to represent those states. And the at-large is more like for the general membership representative. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> kind of hard to explain. I mean, because they don't really have anyone that they're directly reporting to kind of like the regionals, but they are supposed to be generally representing the membership. Whereas the officers are more representing the interests of the national party. It's a different focus. So like sometimes when some of the people get really angry with me, um, they don't understand that I'm just, I'm doing what I was elected to do. You know, I have some state um, delegation chairs, who are really upset because they, you know, say this decision or this decision is going to affect them badly this way or that way. The officers aren't there to think about any one particular affiliate. That's the job of your regional representative. Um, and the job of the officers isn't even the membership as a general. It, 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 it's, it's the national party. It's the interests of the national party. So there's very distinct, in, distinct roles on the LNC. And you can't expect everyone to, you know, perform the same. I used to be regional representative and I can tell you my voting record was entirely different as was everything I debated because then it was what is best for my region. Interesting. Who did the dice toss for uh, the, oh. the order? The order? <laughs> that, was, that was my predecessor, Alicia Matson. Okay, because I, well, in my delegation, I kind of brought up that that dice roll was a little shady because they were like, oops, it fell off the table. And oh, like, that's no one... part of the charm of it. Come on. Yeah, but, but nobody, it wasn't but on video, was, though. Nobody was showing it. So it's yeah. like, no, it's a five, yeah. it's a three, it's a two. And it's like, well, is it? It could be anything. Like, yeah, but, but I brought it up and nobody was like, that's true with it's not half worth the voting. It. You don't know who was voting on those polls. Someone yeah. could have stuck their five-year-old in front of the computer and just said, when the little box comes up, pick which one you like. <laughs> I mean, that is true. Yeah. You don't yeah. know. But, right. But I mean, and just that's the another order, thing uh, what I don't like about online 
things. Um, now, the, the die toss thing with the, with the many-sided die is tradition, but normally it'd be live and you could see it. Right. And okay. if you go to the Orlando convention, you'll see it to do the order of nominating speeches for the LNC election. The LNC elections are done just like the presidential and vice presidential because it's not approval voting. It's first to get 50%. And there's usually multiple rounds. Um, last convention was unusual. Um, Nick won on the first round and I won on the first round. Vice chair took two or three rounds. Yeah. I remember that. that so was, uh, usually each of the officer wow. positions take at least a couple rounds. Hmm. Yeah, so you're just kind I, of preparing us for what's in store. <laughs> what's that? I expect that to happen this time. I don't expect any yeah. first round wins. Yeah, I don't expect that either. <laughs> Especially after a lot of stuff that just went down. Um, but uh, yeah, so taking this back to Nick, um, so and now I'm so he's so he said he's not going to be chairing this convention, but he didn't step down. No, though, he didn't resign. No. So, but um, is there any talk about voting for removal of him before this? Um, which I say, would you would you vote for that if that it depends. came down to it? It depends. it depends. I I'm very reluctant to say what I would do in an unknown situation. Do I think there's grounds? Yes. Okay, but it's just like with it with Trump, not to compare Nick to Trump, but, but I'm just making an analogy <laughs> with Trump's impeachment. Do I think Trump deserved to be impeached? Yes. Do I think he deserved to be impeached for the bullshit charges they brought against him? No. And I would have voted no in that impeachment because that isn't what he was guilty of. But but Justin Amash was so brave and stunning. Well, you know, I just don't I don't agree with him there. I thought that that was would have been a terrible, terrible precedent. Did I hear that that you might have had a hand in in running Justin Amash away? Did is that a rumor? Yeah, like my boobs make everyone pro life too. I have these superpowers that I'm just not aware of. <laughs> that is a thing, by the way. I've been accused of that too. <laughs> so, like, wow. do you have any do you have any guesses as to why Justin Amash um, backed out? No. No. Okay. Yeah. I would have. He said. I believe what he said. And that makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be campaigning right now. I and mean, he was probably um, not paying attention to what was going on and then jumped in and was like, oh, fuck, fuck this, I'm out. Right. And you know? I, I think it, it's, it's possible that the, um, that the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, the bifurcated convention was a factor in it, that he thought maybe there was some kind of risk. Mm -hmm. um he didn't say that though one thing about the man uh i think he says what he means so if that was one of the factors i think he would say so so there's all kinds of theories who knows i had nothing to do with it i wanted him <laughs> to run i was getting like this biggest crush on him i wanted him to run i would have had a good time if he ran <laughs> So I don't know. I'll just have to get a crush on Joe or Spike. I, I like the mosh. I've liked the mosh for years as a Republican, but I feel like, uh, and I've liked him a lot as a Republican, you know, because it's like as a member of Congress, he's easily was in like the top three members of Congress in my mind, you know, for like the past eight years. But then, like as a Libertarian, I feel like uh, I have like higher standards, you know. Bill Weld. 
Well, I mean, yeah, is he, is he better than Bill Weld? Yeah, yes. Miles, Miles passed Bill Weld. And I'm not <laughs> saying that I, that I couldn't support him. As if, he, if he was the LP candidate, I would vote for him. I, I could support him. But uh, I guess I, I'm happier with Joe. You know, maybe we don't have as much name recognition. I'm the, happy that with, we finally get someone with an LP pedigree. Yeah. I mean, that, that we, we need to start doing that rather than having someone who just joins the party and immediately giving them top of the ticket. That is yeah. just foolish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would have been a mosh. That would have been a mosh though, right? Right, right. That, yeah, yeah. I, we need to stop doing that, you know, yeah. to make a, a church analogy. That's like taking a new convert and making them pastor. I mean, you're just right. asking for a sex scandal. Well, that was that was one of the other things I liked about Amash was when I, I always felt that when he left the Republican Party, you know, he just went to independent right away and he kind of made the whole thing all about him. Whereas if on the 4th of July he went to the Libertarian Party, he could have actually given the Libertarian Party a bump as well. But I'll take what he's given us. We have our first sitting member of, um, of Congress and I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That is, that is a good we, thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's totally. there's there's an L by the name there, so that I'll take it. Yeah, like a hundred percent. You know, hundred percent. And I part. actually, uh, I I wouldn't have had a problem with him ideologically. I think he would have been a good candidate. I I'm not crazy about late entrance because I, I my sense of justice just is offended by late entry. Um, and I felt the same way about Jim Gray, who I, who I love as a person. The late entry bothered me. Um, but so, not as much as the jury nullification thing. Wayne, can you close the door? Wayne's <laughs> <laughs> got some Mountain Dew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Say hi, Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Hi. Hey, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Gray, I mean, he said that on the show. I mean, he said that here on this podcast, and he went on. I that, didn't know that when he said that in the debate. We were because we, we were having a Libertarian Party of Colorado like get together. We were all watching it. We were like, oof. Yeah, he, he was he was basically addressing what he had said on our show. Yeah, that he would be arresting pamphleteers outside of a courthouse. That shocked me. Yeah, it shocked that, me too. That really shocked me. Yeah, we were going back, like, just kind of, like, arguing with him about it for probably, like, 10 minutes, and he was just getting really mad. He's like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> yeah, really I bad. like him a whole lot as a person. He's a great guy. I do, too. He, He's been a hero of mine for years. But I mean, even a, before yeah. that, I mean, because he, he was on my um, YouTube channel, and he sung, which was nice. If you haven't watched it, it's great. He did a whole <laughs> song at the end because he writes musicals. <laughs> yeah. He did and a whole song him. at the end of our show, too. Yeah, I love music. Yeah. He loves it. It's just an thing. But, yeah. um... I already told them before my show I wasn't going to be able to vote for him because of his taxation um, mm. policy. You know, everyone's got their issues that are a deal breaker for them. And a libertarian candidate who doesn't at least want to get rid of the IRS immediately, that's a deal breaker for me. 100%. Well, yeah, um, actually. That's a minimum. That's right. like a no-brainer. <laughs> and then fair tax, No. Right. Yeah. No. Well, that no, was Gary no. Johnson's whole thing, right? The fair Well, and Jim Gray is big on that too. And that, yeah, yeah, that was Gary Johnson's thing, which is why I didn't not I didn't vote to nominate Gary Johnson. I supported him when he was a candidate, but yeah. a convention didn't cast. Listen, at least 
I can tell you that I'm unstained and unsullied. I did not cast anything for Weld and I did not cast anything for Johnson, but I adored him as a person. He had something rare in a politician. He was a good man. So do you feel comfortable saying like who you voted for for president or would you just not want to say, do you feel like it's not appropriate or? What, here? Yeah, yeah, at the convention. Yeah, I don't want to deal with that right now. Yeah, fair um, enough, fair enough. That's why I asked. Why eventually, I, asked. I, prob I, I probably will say it after election day. Um, but it's, I think people talking about that now um, distracts from Joe and Spike's thunder. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's fair. Yes. You're right. Shame on me for even thinking of it. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, that it's. But you know, in the past, I would have. It's not like, you know, I'm ashamed of any of the ones I cast. It's just that. No, I, I get it. It's, yeah, it's yeah. good tact. You don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to muddy the waters or influence. It, it, it was all of the rounds were difficult because we had a lot of great candidates. Yes. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And let me speak our bait, guys. We're trying to bait her. What's well, up? I, I am comfortable saying this because I want to discourage negative campaigning. I was I like Jacob Hornberger's positions, but I did not cast one ballot for him because he attacked the other candidates. I will not reward negative campaigning from anybody. Yeah, that was a theme uh, yep. that came out afterwards a lot that we had we had heard about before during this campaign. A lot of his supporters weren't weren't liking that at all, and that's kind of a faux pas in the LP. Just to attack yes. other LP he members. He probably so. would have gotten some of my votes, you know. Yeah. But I will never reward negative campaigning. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I think that's fair. You know, uh, yeah. personally, like I'm I'm a huge fan of Horn Hornberger. He was my pick, um, but I didn't like that he did that. I didn't think it was good tack. No, it was. It's gross, and and yeah. and it it promotes just such a toxic culture. And it's what, it's what the old parties do. We want to be better than that. And the, the, our mold, the way we do our rounds, it shows. Somebody who's a very polarizing candidate like he chose to be, they better win on the first round. Because if they don't win on the first round, they're losing because they're nobody's second pick. They're certain people's first pick, and that's it. They're not getting and, and in order to win an LP convention, right. you've got to be people's second pick as well as a lot of people's first pick. And that's what Joe had. All of the polls showed that, that if Hornberger, Hornberger didn't win on the first round, he wasn't going to win. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's probably pretty hard to win on the first round too, right? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I know of any that had. Okay. Okay. Would it, would Amash have won on the first round? No, I don't think he would. I don't see that. Because oh. no. we had too many good candidates. There were a lot of great candidates. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Um, it was like, you know, it, for, for me, between, between Hornberger, um, Joe Jorgensen, uh, John Mons, and uh, uh, Vermin Supreme, I, I would have been happy with any of those. I would have been too. happy with any of those. And um, John Mons turned it on in his uh, initial nomination speech. He did great. He did much better than he did in the debate. He seemed kind of worn out in the debate, but at the he convention. He did a little lackluster in the debate. Yeah, but at convention, he did great. I was really impressed. I love John. But it, for those, I, I noticed that um, when I had mentioned the thing about Trump and the impeachment, some of you were like, yeah. Um, 
Joe, when Joe Jorgensen first came on my radar, that was the issue because I was at, was it Delphi of California? It was one of the presidential debates. And one of the questions was about the Trump impeachment. And she was the only one up there who said, nope, I wouldn't have voted to impeach. Even though the whole crowd, every, you know, Jacob and everyone was saying they would. And everyone was like, ah, you know, the thing. And she, she had guts. And she said, no, I wouldn't have. And that was a completely unpopular thing to say in that room. And from that moment on, she earned my respect. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Totally so I, I immediately started keeping an eye on her there. And her, her speaking had gotten much better. She wasn't the best speaker then. But to me, I cared more about, you know, the integrity. You could always learn better speaking. You can't learn better integrity. You either have it or you don't. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, I was actually talking to uh, a buddy um, who's, I guess you would call him a, a, a prag. You know, you probably know who he is. I won't say his name, but he was saying uh, he was just complaining about how Chafee um, fucked up on Kennedy. You know, and it was like, he did. He was, well, yeah, well, thank God. <laughs> he was, <laughs> yeah. he, but this, this friend of mine, he's like so disappointed that Chafee fucked up on Kennedy. And I'm like, you know, come on. It's not a spelling bee. You know, we need yeah. to pick actual libertarians and they will know the proper answer you know plus why would you wish that he was also a super nice guy i would not have wished the nomination on him because he would have been savaged by by libertarians (laughs) because his positions weren't ready i wouldn't have voted for him i okay i would have because third-party politics are different you don't actually vote for the candidate in third party politics. You vote for the party. That's just the way it is. We're, we're fighting for our life every single cycle for ballot access. And, right. and, and that's why I don't give Nick that hard of a time for the statement you guys were so upset about, because I, I think I'm seeing it from a little bit of a different perspective. Not literally Hitler would I vote for, but pretty much nearly anyone that the nominate that, that the candidates that, that the people at convention would pass I'm going to vote for them because it's for the sake of the party. Third party politicians for voting for the party. Yeah. 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 So I, think that was, I think that was the point to be fair to Nick that he was yeah. trying to get across. I see it because here in Maryland, we lost ballot access. Mm-hmm. We're all in Maryland and, uh, and, and it sucks that, you know, now we have to go out and get 10,000 signatures. Yeah. And now with COVID, they still said, you know, that we still have to get the signatures and, we just filed the Maryland LP just filed its lawsuit uh, with the Green Party against the state, and who knows how it's out. So it sucks, and it's like, yeah, you know, I think more people would have voted for the because they go by our governor. So if they would have just voted for our governor who was running, you know, we wouldn't be in this situation. So I right. kind of see the the predicament that Nick was in, and I I, I still find what he said to be terrible, but <laughs> you know, I get the general what he was saying. I guess. Well, yeah. did he? I mean, I, mean, I didn't I, hear I'm that. I'm not going to say. Mean, listen, listen, I'm not going to say that it wasn't the wrong way to say it, but I'm trying yeah. to be charitable to get to what he he was saying. Yeah, it sounds like he could have clarified it in the manner in which you did, where he could have said, "Well, I wouldn't literally want Hitler, but like if the you know the delegates nominated somebody, clearly they're not Hitler, and right. I, you know even if I vehemently disagree with this person." For the sake of the party, I will, you know, vote to retain ballot access and whatnot. So, right. You know, and it's, it's not even just about it. You know, it, there, there's a lot on the line. Sure. Yeah. And part of the problem, I think, sometimes in our party is people trying to run the Libertarian Party 
like it's one of the duopoly, like the same tactics, the same messaging, the same this, the same that. What works for the, the big, the two big parties does not work for third parties, does not at all. You've got to every single election fight like you have nothing to lose because you literally don't. You have to, you have to be the dangerous people because there's nothing more dangerous than someone who has nothing to lose. But we play it safe and people go, oh, this whole war between, and I don't, there, there isn't a division, by the way, in my mind between prags and radicals. Um, to me, that, that's such a false dichotomy. The division is between radicals and moderates. And moderates can be radical in their methodology or pragmatic in their methodology. Um, pragmatism is a methodology. It's not an ideology. It's not opposite to radical. Radical is both a methodology and an ideology, kind of like being Jewish. It's both an ethnicity <laughs> and a religion. Um, so that makes it a little confusing, but this whole setting up like a war between the Prags and the radicals, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. But a, a struggle for control of the party between the uh, radicals and the moderates has existed since day one. And people keep saying, well, if we had just toned down our message, we would have had more success. No, I think we've been toned downing our message, and that's why we haven't had success. Right. Because yeah. we acted like we had something to lose. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's why right. I'm excited that, that Joe Jorgensen, because you know, I started getting into the LP. Um, Harry Brown was the first candidate well, I voted for, so it's great to have someone a principal. Well, see, I think Joe is a perfect example of the fact that there isn't this disjunction between being a radical and a pragmatist. She's definitely pragmatic in her methodology, but in her ideology, she's the radical. That's why she got to be from the radical caucus. You know how hard that crowd is? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it, it's no mistake that she got a high grade from the radical caucus and got the endorsement of the pragmatist caucus. There's no mistake at that at all. That's not a weird thing. Do you, do you like her methodology or do you think it I needs do. to work? Okay. No, I, I, I like it. It works for her. Okay. I, I don't try to fit everyone in the same, you know, thing. Like it drives me crazy when people go, you shouldn't say you're an anarchist. You do you boo boo. <laughs> it works for me. Yeah. It works for me. I'm a 50-something-year-old, pink-haired, just whatever. I'm not threatening to people when I say that. They don't think I'm about to whip out a bomb. They're intrigued. <laughs> and they ask me for more information. It works for me. It might not work for somebody who looks like they're going to beat the shit out of you. So everyone's <laughs> got to do their own thing. It opens doors for me. It doesn't close doors for me. So no, I don't try to sense. fit everybody into the same box. I think that's silly. Yeah, that yeah. Makes sense. for oh. sure. So it, it works for her. And I think she'll, she'll get doors open to her, you know, that others wouldn't. I think being a lady, you know, actually helps the situation even more, especially with who she's going to be running against, you know, the two old parties. Yeah. Like their candidates are so us, awful. Identity politics could not matter to us all we want. It doesn't change the reality right. that it matters right. to a great deal of people outside our club. Yeah, that's what you hear a lot is like, I don't I don't care about identity politics. Well, I mean, yeah, in the ideal world, we wouldn't have to worry about that shit. But the reality is, like you said, the people that are Democratic voters, Republican voters, and even just non-voters, even if they don't really care as much, they still it's still almost subconscious now just because of well, media and, and culture and all that. So it's. And I think we care too little, and I don't want to get people all of a sudden going, SJW alert, she's going to whip out her pussy hat. No. Um, (laughs) 
I th I think when there is a, a, a huge disparity between any demographics, be it between men and women, between minorities and non-minorities, you do have to examine yourselves to see if there's a reason for it that is not a reason you would be proud of. It could just be that's the way it is and there is no reason. But I can tell you in my experience, and then people do get mad at me, I do think at times there's a hostile environment for women in the party. Not always, not always, but I've seen it. And I'm like the least, like, that's not my jam. And, but I've had a few circumstances myself that I think there was, there was, there was some sexism involved. And does it happen to men too? Sure. Certainly. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that I've definitely seen it, you know, I mean, because it's, it's kind of like libertarianism is like this, this huge sausage party, right? So um, as soon as, as soon as a pair of tits walks in a room, no offense, like, you know, everybody you really think I'm like, going to be offended. My boobs make people pro-life. I know. I was just, I, I know. I know. I was just joking By around. the end of the show, you guys are going to be out, you know, picketing abortion clinics. Get ready. Phil yeah, already does so, that every Saturday. Yeah, I've been there from that. Yeah. <laughs> kidding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like as soon as a, 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 a chick walks in a room, like all the guys just start acting like goofy, like it's the first woman that they've ever seen. You know, yeah, I mean, it's I'm like sure thirsty you know days, thirsty Thursdays, man. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's definitely jump in the water, but um, so I, I don't think it's as bad as some people say, but I do think it exists, and for, we should care a little bit. So, so you we think actually, the fact that like Joe got the nomination is running sort of um, is sort of some points against or, or how might how should I phrase this is basically proof that it's getting a little bit better in, in that regard or it sort of fights against that no, in some um, I fashion. I don't think or? the 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 ways that still exist in the party have anything to do with hindrances to, to women becoming leaders in the party. Okay. Um, but I do think it's a hindrance to women remaining leaders in the party. There was a state chair. I'm not going to say the state and I'm not going to say the chair, but she was ran off um, by just some overly very male, very aggressive tactics that mm. she just didn't want to deal with and shouldn't have had to deal with. So I've seen it. You know, but it's not just men. I've never been harassed by a man in this party, but I've been sexually harassed for three and a half years by another woman. Wow. Oh, wow. That's why I make the boob jokes all the time because <laughs> I swear this, she's got a cast of them on her wall. Wow. <laughs> wow. Damn. Uh, so would you say who this is or no? Or <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't really want to mention names. The people who know, know, and the ones who don't, Okay, okay. can just laugh at my boob jokes. They're funny regardless. <laughs> okay. Don't, so don't need the context. So recently we had uh, Julie Borowski on the program and, you know, I actually asked her, you know, how can we make the libertarian movement not so much of a sausage party? Like, like, what is, what is your opinion? Like, like, what can we do? Well, A, we can stop saying so vehemently we don't care at all about identity politics. I think we should frame it the way I did that you should always look to see if there's some barriers. You should always look to see if there's some barriers if all you got is a bunch of old people and wonder why you aren't young people attracted, any kind of demographic. Um, but I think 
I think it's because we're a bunch of INTJs and that isn't very few women are INTJs and we can come across as very cold and uncaring even if we're not that's for instance I did I did a show on this on the Big L podcast where I discussed and it was amazing to me that people came to me afterwards and goes what a tremendous insight I'm like okay that's the problem if this is seen as a tremendous insight. <laughs> so I dealt with the who will build the roads question. And my premise was when people ask you who will build the roads, they're not asking you who will build the roads. That's not the real question. They may even believe that's their real question. But if you dig down to it, the question nearly everyone is asking when they ask you sincerely and not as just being a jackass, who will build the roads, what they're really asking is who will feed the poor. What they're asking is who will do the things for people that you're not going to get any benefit for, that is completely selfless. That's really what they're asking. Nobody questions who will build the roads. Everyone wants roads, but it doesn't benefit everybody to take care of disabled people, to take care of poor people, to take care of old people. That is the real question they are asking. And for us to go around and go, derp, 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 the people who build them now, <laughs> you're an idiot. That's why there aren't more women in the party. Because women tend to care more about, what they're thinking about is their children. Yeah, that's a good point. I think like a lot of uh, issues that are on the forefront of libertarianism aren't uh, like homeschooling, um, that's, I don't know, that doesn't like a lot of some women that I know they're, they're mothers. So that's like their number one is the public schools, the curriculum, the, you know, homeschooling. It's just caring about women or whether it's cultural or innate, I don't care. We're raised to be the nurturers of the weaker or the defenseless. And when we come across as not caring, plus they also view themselves, listen, if I listen to a bunch of some kind of libertarian dudes talk and about their perfect libertarian society, I realize I'd be dead in five minutes because I'm not cut out for Thunderdome. <laughs> and that seems to be the wet dream of too many libertarian guys, you know? You're not ready for the boot? You're not ready for the You're boot? not ready to boogaloo? I'm <laughs> ready to feed them to the gators? <laughs> you know? So I think we need to, I think we need to realize that Freedom or liberty, whichever word, some people think there's a difference between the two words. I don't believe that, but I know a lot of minarchists do. Um, uh, freedom is, is only a necessary precondition um, for human flourishing. It's not sufficient in and of itself. There is such a thing as a libertarian dystopia. There, there, there is such a thing as a perfect libertarian world that would be absolutely hell to live in. Liberty is not the only thing you need. You have to have humanitarianism impulse in there as well. And yeah. that is what um, Bowtie, crap, what's his name? The, Jeff the, that's what he was getting. He, that's what he was getting yeah. at in his article against libertarian brutalism. brutalism libertarian yeah. brutalism is perfectly libertarian. I don't want to live in that world, and neither do 99% of the women. I think there's right. some guys who do. And there's some guys who would thrive and that can fend for themselves and be, you know, Mr. Mountain Man. But most women, women for a good portion of their lives are more helpless because they're either pregnant or taking care of children. And in a 
in, in a not so civilized society, that is not any place a woman wants to be. And we need to realize that if we want to, if we want to attract women into this party and I'm not the typical woman, I don't have kids. I'm not very motherly. So that's why it doesn't bother me as much, but I hear other women and I'm still a female. So I get it. You know, I've never held a baby in my life and I never want to. Um, when they bring them into the office, I'd be like, you the other way. But <laughs> that's not the way most women are. And I think you'll yeah. find that a lot of women in a libertarian party are pretty atypical, but we need to start looking at we don't have to compromise our principles or it's what like, we believe it's more about it's how we're a, gonna communicate them it's like for you know not to sound sexist or whatever but like for men or or women like you it's you know it's typical to sort of communicate more of a logical well you know how here's how we would do the court systems and anarcho right. and all that whereas with you know women or the typical woman you've got to appeal more to the heart more to the emotional side well you got to show both because yeah. libertarian dystopia is possible yeah sure sure so you you i i don't believe in in, in giving a sheerly utilitarian message i think that completely um undercuts our principles so when people yeah. make arguments like the free market will give us a better healthcare system while i believe that's true that should never be our only argument because all it takes someone to argue that it doesn't and then what you're tied you need right. to you need to argue both the ethical principle and the practical outcome you can't you can't eliminate either of those if you just say the principle you sound like an asshole that doesn't care right. and if you just say the utilitarians all you, it takes is somebody who's a little bit more silver tongue than you to show no i think this will work better yeah i agree with that Stealing is stealing, no matter how happy it might make you or how well it works for you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. You need both. You need the utilitarian, mm -hmm. you need the, the ethical moral argument. Um, it, it's yeah. what Joe does is something that I call compassionate radicalism. And that's what I think the party needs. And that's the big problem I had with Arvin. Arvin was a fellow anarchist on the LNC. You know, he, except for to me listen i i'll admit it i don't care if people call me a status on this issue there's two things that'll probably get me spouting status stuff you start talking about screwing with children i don't mean literally screwing go you start you say anything that impacts children negatively or animals and i'll turn status on you i i fully admit it <laughs> Yeah, you know, I agree. Seems fair. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. it hits me in the feels, and I, I lose oh, my yeah. mind. But Arvin, putting aside his whole obsession on the age of consent thing, um, he was spot on in a lot of things that he said, but he was such a dick about it. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah he, we, he was in our delegation stuff, this weekend, like. and uh, he was in our delegation this week, and he wasn't too happy with a, a lot of us, and spent the whole time pretty much trashing us in their slack group so yeah he was a, i mean he's been a he's been a friend of the podcast he's been on a few times but you know i don't know if he was necessarily singling out i mean phil you said he was singling you out he, he was he was but um yeah he i was, don't feel like talking he about was, it but he's anyway. brilliant he's a brilliant man 
And yes, most of yes. his ideas, 85% of his ideas, I, and the only reason I put it even that low is because I haven't talked with him enough to make it higher, are spot on. But his communication style sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was trolling our Slack, uh, our delegation chat during the uh, during the convention. And, I mean, I don't know. It was probably a low blow. But he didn't even show up to the – he didn't even show up to the Maryland convention yet wanted to be a delegate. And then the last time he ran for Senate in Maryland, he forgot a filing date and I couldn't even vote for him. You know, but, so but let me give you play. though something about Arvin though. I will give him this. He didn't know I was listening and I forgot what state convention we were at, but a woman overheard us all talking and she walked up to him and started asking him questions about the party. And I'm, like behind this like column he didn't know i was there and then she asked him about the public schools and i went you know my asshole clenched oh, like, no. oh my god this is gonna be bad. <laughs> and he handled it wonderfully and she still lost her shit on him hmm. yeah. and he really i thought really i thought it was gonna be and her head was gonna be gone no he handled it beautifully um so his, wife, his wife was right there with him, and I think she that could have had something to do with it. <laughs> makes him better. <laughs> well, She's it also super might be nice in person. He's not. He does not. And this is like most people, really. But like in person, he's not the same as he is online. He's much better in person. I know. Yeah, like he, kind like of I said, online. yeah, like I said, he comes on this pod. He's been on our podcast a few times, and while he'll say, you know, well, we all say radical shit, but he's not getting into like heated like attacks or arguments or just being a dick but yeah yeah when it comes but to we're, online we're all you, a dick online a little that's bit. true that's true but yeah. when He's you're attacking like other fellow libertarians like he was doing without any cause it was a little and beyond. his problem was people would tell him he's being a dick and he wouldn't step back and look at it like you know i was a dick earlier today on a couple of things and one of my friends confronted me and i like first i got mad and then i stepped back and was like you're right and i took down the post yeah. And as long as we can let our friends rail, rail, rein us in, it will keep us on an even king. But nobody could rein Arvin in. That was the problem. He dug his own grave with that. Well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he sees, like, finally, you know, he ran for the big tamale, right, president, you know. And hopefully he can see now that, you know, his approach isn't working because he is really good. And, like... I, I love I love Arvin so much. Like I, I I hope and pray that he can like fine tune it right to just stop dying on these stupid ass hills. You know, he's a big brain. That dude yeah. is brilliant. Yes, and he looks sharp. I mean, there's he's got so much going for him. Yeah, he would show up to Anarchy Basement in like a fucking tuxedo. Yeah, no, he's sharp. <laughs> he did every time. We, we just need to get his wife to soften him up a bit, you know, because he really did handle i thought that lady when she just i was just like wow this goes to show some people you just aren't gonna reach sure yeah yeah Yeah. because he he did a good job and he didn't know i was listening so there is one more one more question from the discord um from our fans um there was i guess this was a facebook message you had sent out you said on the other hand i was sent a shit ton of hente over the convention oh yeah i was, what was that i about? made that i made the mistake of like saying hey you know be sure to send your ballots to and i gave the email address uh, oh no right and bad that's why i wouldn't <laughs> give it again yeah 
Oh, man, and then apparently one of my browser windows had my two Gmail things up with the email address. And oh, uh, geez. Did they edit that off of the YouTube yet? <laughs> oh, they're not going to edit that off. Oh, man. Oh, no. Was it on <laughs> convention on C-SPAN? I don't even... No, it was on YouTube. No. no it was just YouTube, strictly YouTube. Yeah. But hey, when, People still watch when Shut it. the Door got uh, Twittered by uh, Reason. Yeah. You got... <laughs> It was um not Brian Dougherty um I'm getting old. You'd say the name and I'd remember the senior editor. Jule- no, it wasn't Jalepsy. The Welty? other guy. No, Matt there's Welch? one more. Matt Welch. Yes. Matt Welch? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it was him. Was it? <laughs> Whatever. It was one of those guys. So I thought I I laughed. I said, Wayne, you're famous. Nice. <laughs> I'm telling you, at convention we were. Really, no, he's not in here. We we really need to get a bunch of people that just start yelling, Wayne, shut the door. That'd be freaking awesome. Get enough alcohol, awesome. me, and I'll say whatever you want. We allowed to have, like, signs in the, in the convention? I, I, that would be freaking awesome. <laughs> I might make one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to make some, some of those name badge ribbons. There you go. <laughs> I'm always looking for something to do. Hell yeah. All right, Matt, you got anything else? No, I think that's about it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to head over to our After Hours program. And, uh, Karen, if you want to stick around and hang, you're more than welcome to. What is uh, that? So that's that's a program that we do for our Patreon subscribers. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to head over and do that. Uh, this podcast is brought to you in part by Conversations About Freedom podcast hosted by Moral Bob. We have t-shirts over at libertariancountry.com. If you type in the code PRL or the code PRL podcast, you'll receive a 10% discount. If you spend $50 or more and you type in the code PRL2, you'll receive a 20% discount. Until next time, live free or die.